KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the rundown from KYW News Radio, and this week we're talking about video games such as the Philadelphia Department of Parks and Rec getting into a really cool esports tournament, and we're also talking about vaccines and the progress of people getting vaccinations in Montgomery County and other surrounding areas near the city. You're listening to the rundown from KYW News Radio. It's called The Rundown. When my mom told me to turn off the video games, I, sh- I shouldn't have listened. <laughs> they held us back from being multimillionaires. Why don't you get out and do something? <laughs> it's the winter. What, what am I supposed to do? It's cold. From KYW News Radio. Here from KYW News Radio, I'm Jay Scott Smith. This week, KYW's Suburban Bureau Chief Jim Melward. Hey, guys. And also good to talk to our, our first time first time visitor here, Mr. Justin Udo today. Justin, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start with you, Justin, because obviously we're still uh, growing up. Obviously, this is we're in Jan- month of January, heading toward February. Growing up, we used to have like three-on-three basketball tournaments. We used to do video game tournaments. For those of us of a certain age would have video game tournaments. But I understand the city's Parks and Recs Department is having a different kind of basketball tournament, a 2K21, an NBA 2K21 tournament that's going to be all online. It's got a lot of this big pandemic energy happening around here. And Justin, you've been talking to people from Parks and Rec about this. Who's putting this thing together and how exactly did they get tied up into this? Because normally Parks and Rec is obviously doing a lot of outdoor stuff, outdoor fitness related things. How are they doing it with an online uh, video game basketball tournament? Well, Jay, it, it is really interesting. So there, if people don't know, we hit Philadelphia, we're home to Nerd Street Gaming, and it's like this giant gaming host um, all over the country. But Philly is where home is, and they host a lot of esports um, tournaments. Like when esports teams come into town, uh, folks can come there and practice at their facilities. They have these different facilities around town, and they actually have this huge building that's uh, in the works right now down on uh, on Broad Street on on uh, North Broadward. It's pretty much a city block um, that's going to be hosting them for uh the let them host a, a lot of these uh, tournaments but anyways they're hooking up with parks and rec and i talked to the commissioner of parks and rec yesterday Catherine not level and she said you know during the during the uh, pandemic they've been searching for ways to um really connect with people in in different ways and make sure that there are recreational activities for people to take advantage of and one is this uh this video game tournament they're hooking up with nerd street for so with this tournament i don't know if you're familiar with nba 2k 2k 21 uh, you can sit at home and you can play it online. Um, I'm not a big online video game person. I still have my Nintendo 64, but you can play it out. You can play <laughs> it online. And starting next month in February, February 16th, I want to say to be exact, they're hosting this uh, six-week tournament where they're telling kids all over the city, if you're between 13 and 18 years old, you can register to be in this tournament. In this tournament, it, it's gonna. Uh, they have these elimination tournaments. It's free. Kids can come come on and they can play um, play each other. And then they have some pretty cool prizes uh, for the kids as well. They have things like uh, Sixers jerseys, uh, pictures with different 76ers, um, just a bunch of a bunch of different prizes to really get kids involved. But I mean, like, honestly, do kids really need that much of an incentive to play um, video games? So, But they, they do have these incentives. <laughs> they, they do have these things. So it is a it's a brand new partnership. Um, one and two, um, it's just the beginning of their partnership. So yes, this is this is a, a tournament to introduce this relationship with Parks and Rec and Nerd Street. But like I said, Nerd Street, their home is here in Philadelphia, and the video game industry is a billion dollar, um, multi billion dollar um, a year industry. And so what they're really want to do to uh, talking 
working with uh, Catherine Art Level. She says they they want want the kids and they want families in the city to know about this industry and don't want them to get left behind as it it's, as it starts to boom. So coming out of the tournament, they they want to start having after school programs. They want to start having summer camps where they can really um, really let kids know um, the gaming side of the industry and also the business side of the industry. She said one of her goals with this is um, these kids that take part in this to let them get their foot in the door with Nerd Street so they can might be able to do a summer internship or or get a summer job or things like that just to really um let them know how how much of uh opportunity they have right at their at their footsteps here. Now I know prior to the pandemic, the gaming industry, especially online gaming, esports, it's even big on YouTube because anybody who's who may have kids or you have like a younger brother, younger sister, whatever. They'll sit on YouTube for hours. I used to do it. I'll be honest with you. I used to do it. I'll sit there because you get mesmerized by these things. These guys, you have guys who will play old school video games, play and just kind of have that. That's their thing. And the city is getting in, into this with these kids, which I think is a really cool thing. Looking at when you have kids playing these games during this pandemic, what do they see as a future for this? Is this, the, is this really a thing where you start with this and maybe move to Madden tournaments? That Madden was more my game. We moved to Madden tournaments and things of that nature. And you're, is that what they're kind of looking at as a future for this? I think absolutely. Um, that's that's a future they're looking at with this. Jay is is that this tournament is just one of what they want to start as as more because um, as Catherine was saying, she said, you know, they they really have to kind of be on their toes and and look for different ways to engage people because we're not able to engage with each other like we were at this time last year. So this tournament just being one of more that they want to have, whether it's Madden or whether it's a uh, uh, Super Smash Brothers. I don't know if kids still play that or 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 Fortnite. Oh, they absolutely uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> the, the videos on YouTube, those do some big numbers. Those Smash Brothers videos are huge. Yeah, so they they definitely want to um they want to continue this. With that being said, I have a question for you, uh, for all you guys on here. What um what are some video games? And now I'm getting a little nostalgic. I was playing a little Mortal Kombat two last night. Um, what are, what are some video games that you? I'm sorry, Mortal Kombat three. What's what are some games that you guys uh like to play or did like to play growing up? Well, you know what, Jimmy, I'll let you go first because I know well, if you want to say something here. I mean, I'm going to date myself. I, I used to, here's my resident video game expert. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I grew up with a Commodore 64 and, and an Atari 2600. Uh, but I mean, my game was, was Bill Walsh NCAA football. From oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you're, nice. you're cla- that's classic. That, that's, that's classic <laughs> right there. See, I was always a street. I was like in the Street Fighter games. The, the 2600 was the first one because I'm a little older than people realize. And the 2600 is the, first one that i had before moving to the nintendo my big thing was always playing the it was always the madden games the first edition madden mm-hmm. games tech mobile games the big barry sanders bo jackson unstoppable and once i got into high school it was all street fighter 2 and and the mortal kombat games one and two but i used to get in trouble because mortal kombat was so violent <laughs> back then they were just afraid of violent video games that just would just ruin all violent video games and hip-hop were going to ruin everybody and <laughs> we were back in the 90s by the time I got to college, it was all about Grand Theft Auto, Madden, NBA Street. That was that was my and, and I know guys are into Call of Duty and things of that nature now, but my whole thing was it was always almost always the sports game. That was that's always been my thing is the sports video games. And it's 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 interesting seeing this because gaming, I know, has probably become an even bigger industry, especially online gaming now because of this pandemic, where people aren't able to get out and go play softball, basketball, football. I mean, you play these at least high schools are playing these sports. And this will kind of play into what we're going to talk about later, too. But there's always the issue of the spread of the disease, where if you're at home online, you can play somebody on the other side of the planet. You don't have to leave your house. 
And it makes this so much easier. And plus you get a chance for kids to interact with each other and possibly, you know, win some prizes, get something out of this. If there were prizes for Animal Crossing, uh, my my daughter would be rolling in it. I, the funny thing is, I know Animal Crossing is so popular, and maybe it's because I don't have kids, and it probably it's hard for me to truly really get it. But I know people, I know grownups who play Animal Crossing like that is their whole thing, and it's become a big branded deal too. Which is Justin, I think that's part of the story. It's like so much of this is branded. I think the NFL has gotten into like with Animal Crossing that you can have like people wearing particular uniform little. Like let someone walk around in an eagle shirt. As the, the Detroit Lions did a whole uh, reveal of their schedule with everybody dressed in Lions gear. That that kind of thing. Where it, it's the Animal Crossing deal. It's it, gaming is so big, and I don't think people uh, get that. I was saying years ago that I think you have to keep an eye on this. The 76ers got into it a little bit with uh, the in one of these esports leagues too, where I think as Josh Harris was like a part owner in that they opened up an esports arena in in AC. Once this pandemic is over. It is kind of interesting to see if you could ha- possibly have like some city sanctioned esports leagues, like high school leagues or or for the colleges or whatever, because I think that's a that's an untapped market, especially coming out of this pandemic. Well, Jay, um, you're you're like right on the path of of, of where everything is going. So I cover it's funny. I, I cover a lot of stuff with esports and I also cover a lot of stuff with Parks and Rec. But one thing um, they had a groundbreaking. Um, I want to say it was last year down in South Philadelphia at the sports complex where there will be a new state-of-the-art um, esports uh, facility for Philadelphia's uh, Philadelphia Fusion. It's the city's Overwatch team. So there's groundbreaking. They're in the process of doing that. And you're right, Josh Harris is one of the uh, one of the owners there kind of spearheading things with that. So there, there's a lot going on into that. And one thing they're, they're doing too is they say um, they, they've reached out to colleges. And when colleges do come to towns or, or de- teams from other um, cities or countries are in town, they're using these different facilities that Nerd Street has. And one of those teams, if, uh, if, if folks might know, is, uh, is uh, Harrisburg University. I think, it, I think that's the university. They're right, um, they have a location right on, uh, on, on 17th and Spring Garden. And they have, um, they have a esports team, an esports uh, team that competes. And they also take advantage of those. So this, this is already in colleges. And what they're trying to do is open it up for these high schoolers to, to be able to compete like this. So that, that is just, just part of the thing. And I was talking to a guy um, at Nerd Street a while ago who said, um, he knows got to pull his son out of um pull his son out of regular school was homeschooling him and kind of training him how some parents would in terms of uh if they're getting ready for football or a basketball season he was doing that with esports and um and homeschooling him and doing that so and really had him on a regimen for that so that no that it's the future and it's where it's headed and it's it's really kind of cool to see the city um the city kind of marching alongside that oh you really do love to see that and it it is it is interesting when you see how gaming is. It is becoming the next obsessive thing. You go from the days of the parents obsessive over their kids becoming either pageant kids or the Todd Marinoviches of the world turning your kid into this high into this high class quarterback. Now you're going to have these great video gamers, and there's so much money to be made in this. And all of this is it's a byproduct of this uh, of this pandemic. And unfortunately, for as much as we talk about the fun aspect of this, we still have to get to the more serious side of it, which is the vaccine. And Jim, I know that you've been keeping an eye on the on the situation in Montgomery County with the vaccine, because obviously we don't get back to normal life if this vaccine doesn't get moving. And from what I understand, you're hearing that it could be as much of a year before we get through even the first phase of this in Montgomery County. I know you can give us a lot more on that. Yeah. And, and, and one of the frustrations has been this, this phase 1A, 1B, 1C, and, and what it meant when it first came out. And, and, you know, then it was adjusted and adjusted and adjusted and what it means now. And is, is it just more confusing to call them 
by 1A, 1B, 1C. But uh, what happened uh, late last week, outgoing Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar uh, came out and said, we want to move everyone 65 years and older into the initial phase, which originally was uh, skilled nursing residents and staff and and healthcare workers, you know, really the most vulnerable, the people who were are most at risk of contracting uh, serious and then having serious complications from COVID-19. The next group was supposed to be uh, forward-facing workers, people who keep things running, people who keep the trains running, people who keep the grocery stores open, teachers. And instead, what happened, based on Secretary Azar's comments, they moved everyone 65-plus into that initial group. And what Montgomery County Commissioner Val Arkush is now saying is, based on their numbers, they've increased that initial group to approximately 250,000 people just in Montgomery County. And they're getting about 5,000 doses a week. So she says, simple math, if things don't change and change drastically, which she says they have no indication uh, that they're going to, now there is a new administration and they are taking steps to increase production. But for now, if things don't change, it's going to take 50 weeks just to get through this phase now with this 65 plus. And, and, and her concerns are, she has several concerns. First off, the, the false excitement that you create telling people like, hey, you're going to be able to get vaccine, uh, get, get the vaccine. And then they go look for it and they find out that it doesn't exist anywhere. It's a complete yeah. barrage. So the, the concern of, of throwing those people off. And then second, uh, the whole point of dividing this up was was equality. You know, and, and I'll, I'll share my personal story. My mom turned 75 next month. I've been spending hours online making phone calls trying to find her an appointment. The whole point was to get people who can't do that to be able to get it. And there are communities that have been hit hard by this virus because they rely on a lot of these forward-facing jobs, grocery store workers, mass transit workers, you know, these essential workers who we've taken for granted for, for so long are the people who are at most at risk and their communities are taking the brunt. And so now what effectively has happened, again, another concern that Commissioner Arkush has is the equality aspect of this. And then there's just the economic aspect of it. Because if teachers aren't going to be able to get the vaccine for several months up to a year, then what are we going to do with schools? And if schools aren't open, that affects you know the, the trickle-down effect from that. And then also just not being able, the postal service, for example, it's been slow because people are dealing with with, with illness and and you know quarantines and all that. If they can't get the vaccine, so you just see this trickle down from this move of getting 65 plus in. Uh, and and we need answers. We need answers from Pennsylvania Department of Health. Look, Philadelphia. Is, is separate from Pennsylvania because they're getting it directly from the federal government. They've somehow been able to move into phase 1B, which is that second phase, those essential workers. So, you know, what's going on in Pennsylvania? And without Phil, Montgomery County is the third most populous county in, in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Allegheny County, which is Pittsburgh, and then Montgomery County. Montgomery County population-wise is, is the same as, as similar to Boston. Obviously, it's a much bigger area than Boston, so there's not the density. But that's about to give you an idea. It's it's a it's a big county. And that brings you to another point is that obviously when you look at a county as populous as Montgomery County, because Montgomery County being about the size of Boston, that also put that's about the size of Boston in terms of population, in terms of everything else. When you look at that, what are you hearing from, say, a place like Delaware County, for example, another neighboring one, which could also be running into some of these same problems, too, 
where you don't know where to get it. And obviously the new administration, there's likely going to be at least some, there, you would think there would be some logistical changes to this, but how are some of the other suburban areas kind of coping with this too? Because yeah, Philadelphia is its own entity. It's kind of its own thing, basically, as opposed to the surrounding areas. Sure. And I'm using Montgomery County as the example because uh, Commissioner Arkush just is the most recent to speak on it. But the same things coming out of Chester County is, is handling because Delaware County doesn't have a health department. Chester County is kind of doing double service for Chester and, and Delaware counties. Uh, and they're running into the same issue where, you know, they're encouraging everyone. Uh, people are eager to get it. They just can't find it anywhere. And anecdotally, and I don't want to speak too much on this because I'm still trying to to to, to find out if it is just anecdotal or if there's actual evidence to it, but it seems like people in more rural areas are having an easier time getting it than people here. And one of the concerns, one of the reasons that they wanted to move 65 plus into that initial group was a concern that they didn't have enough arms to put the vaccine in. That's clearly not an issue in the more populous suburbs, the the, the collar counties of Philadelphia, where you have plenty of arms to put them in, you just don't have the vaccine to do it. In some cases, it's the supply. In some cases, it's the demand. And they don't seem to be running into that that mark where they kind of hit each other. This is an ongoing thing, obviously. And we're, as we move into 2021, we just had the inauguration this week of the Biden administration. So a lot of these things are going to be changing and it's going to be pretty fluid. So who knows what's going to be next? You, Jim, you mentioned your your mom's 75. My mother is my mother said about to turn 78. And she's and my, my dad has already been through and thankfully got on the other side of COVID. And it's and they're all kind of worried about this because it's just like that in Michigan. It's all over the country in Michigan and in, in Ohio and Georgia, where some of my family is. They're kind of dealing with the same question. Where is it coming from? And there is no one static plan. So it's tough as we go forward with this. When we look at going forward now, I mean, right now we've we've talked about we've we've gone we've run the gamut. We've gone from video games to vaccines. What's a story that each of you guys are kind of looking at right now that maybe the listeners here would like to know about in the near future? Justin, I'll go to you first. Well, um, for me, I just did an interview this morning um, that it really addresses a, a big concern in the area right now. And it's thanks to Jim. He, uh, he put it on my radar yesterday, pointed me in the right direction. But it's uh, the governor, um, Tom Wolfe, just made the announcement that they're putting $178 million into different water infrastructures uh, around the state. And that's 11 different ones around the state. And three of them are in our area, one being in the city of Chester in Delaware County. And two of those big projects are coming in Philadelphia as well. Um, one is a hundred million dollar um, water treatment facility, and what these these facilities and these um, this program is for is really to help us get the sewage water and the rain runoff water out of out of the streets, out of the uh, systems. Whenever we have these massive floods and these massive storms, like we had over the summer, so this is um, it's something that's on my radar. And the interview was really good. Uh, there's a lot more information, and I'm putting this story together to run on KYW News Radio a little later on this week. So um, a lot of good stuff coming out of there, and a lot of really interesting information about. How how Philadelphia is what I'm told the oldest water, some of the oldest water infrastructure in the country. I mean, no surprise being the one of the uh, earliest cities in the country. I think Philly, yeah, I think Philly does have like the oldest water infrastructure in in the U.S. It's either Philadelphia or Boston. I can't remember which one, but it, it's pretty old. It's it's there. No, that's a, and that's obviously as we've learned just from the last few years, whether it's in Flint, Michigan, or anywhere else in the country, that water infrastructure means so much, not just in terms of structurally getting stuff moved around for flooding, but making it available to others. Jimmy, what are, what are you looking at coming, coming up in the next uh, today or in the next few days? 
Well, uh, obviously, first and foremost, what we talked about, I, I really want to push Pennsylvania Department of Health for some answers on on how they're allocating this vaccine. Uh, but but we've covered that. Uh, interesting uh, uh, press conference today from uh, Pennsylvania's Department of Community and Economic Development, uh, where they have a, a, an Exton based company. Uh, and, and I'm curious to hear more about this and, and look forward to learning more about this. Uh, but it's basically a face shield, they say, that uses a cartridge uh, that has uh, some sort of technology that uh, creates an electrical charge that renders viruses in, inactive. And, you know, DCED, the Department of Community and Economic Development, has been big on trying to uh, push Pennsylvania companies that are, are you know, putting up technology that, that can help with the pandemic. Uh, so curious to, to learn more about this. Um, there have been some that they've talked to that, that ended up not necessarily panning out as promised. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely look into it. Um, and then also, you know, I, I, I'm, my base generally is in Montgomery County in Norristown. And last night we learned, uh, that, that shots were fired, uh, into the Montgomery County democratic committee office. Uh, so that's right across the street from the courthouse. And, you know, as we, we go through the aftermath of this election and threats of violence and ongoing violence to see something like this, fortunately, no one was, was in the office at the time. Uh, there are no reports of injuries. Um, but it is just, you know, that, 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 that someone could take it that far and, you know, there's no guarantee there are no connection necessarily to the election, right? but you know, if, if that's, if that's where this is coming from, you know, you just really. It, it's been, it's been a week, the last couple of weeks, these last, these last couple of weeks have been a, have been a year in and of themselves. I want to thank Jim Melworth, KYW Suburban Bureau Chief for joining us on the rundown. Of course, Justin Nudo joining us for the first time here on the rundown. Thank you so much, gentlemen. I appreciate you coming on here with, with us on the rundown.